welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. Today I'm going to talk about something that I've actually touched upon in a previous episode. In episode six, I talked about all the single ladies and how to sort of handle being single, what to do maybe to alleviate some of the loneliness and how to engage more with people or just learn to not engage if that's not what you're feeling. And that was a little bit of a different focus. But today I want to talk about how we view being single and even more specifically how we view being single and female or female identified. The other day I was listening to the BBC, which I like to do occasionally, and they were talking about how people had been infected not infected, how people had been affected by the coronavirus in terms of their employment, in terms of their work situation. And they had one caller in lady, or one person they had spoken to, and she explained that she had recently retrained to become an accountant, that she was 54 and unemployed and single. And I thought to myself, why is she saying it that way? Like the way she said it, it was, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm 54 and I have cancer. You know, that, that's how it sounded to me. I know that sounds a little drastic, but what I'm trying to say is it sounded like she had been infected, in this case, by a terrible disease, like it was something that was really, really wrong with her in some way. And I wondered why would she phrase it that way or why would the tonality of how she's telling her story sound so dire and made worse by the fact that not only was she unemployed and, you know, in her early 50s as a woman, but she also was single. And after thinking about it for a while, I realized, yeah, of course, as women, a lot of times what's happened is we've internalized being single as a failure of sorts. So we're not just unemployed and single, we're also a mother and single, or I don't know, we're vegetarian and single, but whatever it is, this single thing is a bullet point item among other negative circumstances that now define our lives, and by doing so, even our identities. Because if you think about it, if there had been a man calling into this show, would he have said, yeah, I'm 54, just recently retrained and I'm single? It's like... Wait, what? what? How does this filter into the conversation that is being had, which is around employment? Now, I understand this lady is a little bit older, so maybe stating that she was single meant she didn't have any other financial support from her husband, for example, or her partner, whoever that is. But even if that is the case... I still maintain that if a man had told this story, if a man were being asked about his employment situation during or post-COVID, he would have probably not mentioned among these things that he was single. And it really spoke to my perception that we've successfully come to view single women, and I think we as women do this, but men also, as someone who hadn't quite made it, who, you know, was off the mark a little, who didn't quite make one of those life goals. And again, it's not just, or it's not men maybe necessarily who are making this judgment or viewing it in this way. It's also women who see other women as, oh dear, she's single, like she's got some malady we have to fix, right? And I've noticed this because, well, I used to be married and I've noticed how married women speak to, let's say you're at a dinner party 
I noticed how married women speak to single women at the table. It's like the person will say, oh, you know, this and this, my husband did the other day. And what about you? You know, you're just meeting this person and you're finding out that they don't have a partner or whatever. And there's this, oh, and maybe you don't say this terrible, oh, thing. But inside, you're like, oh, dear, yeah, I guess, oof. So she's single. That can't be easy. She's in her 40s. Or whatever story you start to spin off in your head about this woman. But the first thought, and I would love for you to examine this and let me know if you were as judgmental as I was back then. The first thought is not, wow, single, look at her. She's going after her career. Um, maybe she has grown up children or, or projects that she's really, really into. That is not our first thought. The first thought is, oh, she's single, oh, doesn't have a partner. And the interesting thing is, again, you know, if you've listened to any of my previous episodes, I sometimes really love to use men or male-identified people from my past as examples of how I would like to do something differently. And one thing I notice is that married men, do they look at single men like, oh, poor guy, can't find a partner? No, they're looking at this guy thinking, Oh, what is it like? <laughs> Maybe. Because I remember my then husband, when he had single friends, he didn't think of it as a bad thing. He also wasn't like, oh, what is it like? But he was not pitying this friend for being single. And maybe there's more of an idea of, oh, that must be interesting, or what do you do for a living? Maybe they sail around the world, or maybe they enjoy mating a lot outside captivity, if you will, to speak with Esther Perez's words. But just to sort of realize that as women, we look at singledom a little bit differently from how men view it sometimes. And another thing I noticed, and this is something I have to admit I used to do many years ago before this whole, I don't know, fifth wave of woke <laughs> came into my life. And I again was called to revise some of my opinions and um, perceptions. But I remember when I met a very successful woman, successful now in terms of business or career or having written books, whatever, or maybe she was a CEO in a company, the question would immediately be, well, but does she have kids? Or is she married? And I remember if she didn't happen to have kids or if she wasn't married, then my admiration for her, it decreased a little bit. And I'm so embarrassed to state this now, but I'm kind of hoping somebody else is going to come forward and say she does that same shitty thing where you hear about this woman who's incredibly successful, who seems to have it all in terms of her work or her creativity and how she materializes these things. And then you hear she doesn't have kids or she's single or she's been single for a really long time. Oh, horror. Right. And you're like, oh, I guess, well, I guess everything has a price. What a horrible thing to say or think. Right. Like, how is that a price? You know, maybe it is. Maybe she does feel she made the wrong choices. But there's every chance and so much likelihood that she doesn't feel that way, that that was a proactive choice to not have children or to not be with a partner because maybe she feels that would have held her back and she wouldn't have become who she really was meant to be. And I thought that was so interesting is that I have to or we have to maybe revise how we look upon single women, single successful women, women who haven't had a great career who are single but just love to read or whatever it is, go out to the theater, travel around the world, and to really look at how we view each other. 
Never mind how men view it, but how do we view each other? One aspect of being single, one aspect that none of us has a whole lot of fun with, and I'm actually writing a book right now about breaking up and how to do it and how to cope and what it's all about because I'm such a vet (laughs) when it comes to breaking up. But I write a very long chapter about loneliness, and I have read I don't know how many books and really dug deep into this topic about being lonely. And again, I was forced to revise how I even look at loneliness. When is lonely really truly a lonely situation? And then I realized something, and that is lonely is not easy, surely, but lonely doesn't last. You don't always, if you continue to be single for a significant amount of time, and that can mean whatever to whomever, but there comes a point where you don't feel lonely anymore, where you don't feel alone because you feel all is good this way. I'm looking forward to coming home, making myself a lovely meal. And yes, the flower is buying thing where we buy our own flowers, whatever it is. But to actually enjoy that I don't have to entertain or listen to or make room for someone else this evening because it's Monday night and I'm tired. So lonely is not easy but it doesn't last. You know which kind of loneliness does last? Is when you're lonely in a relationship, and I know many of you can probably speak to this. Lonely in a relationship can last a whole lot longer and can be a whole lot more intense depending on where you are in a relationship and just how unhappy you might have become. But the funny thing is when you're single and lonely, people pity you. But if you're in a relationship and lonely, They don't. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. It's kind of like when you tell people, oh, we're going through a bit of a dry spell, not having all the sex and whatever. Ah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, but that's weird. Why is being single and feeling lonely worse than being lonely in a relationship? It's horrible to realize you've married someone who no longer means all that much to you. Or if you think this is worse, whom you don't mean that much to anymore. Or maybe they've started to have a little bit on the side. Maybe you've had your little bit on the side. What is that like? And why is that not worse than being alone without a partner and single? Just something to think about. One thing I noticed when I had recently become single was that it changed my circle of friends around. And again, in the book, there'll be a lot more about this. And I've talked about this in past episodes of the um, podcast. But I noticed that my status had changed, where being single felt like a diagnosis. That when I said I had now become single, I might as well have said I've, I've contracted a terrible disease, possibly a fatal one. And it was interesting because the men saw you as available suddenly, right? Like the men you met around you, they're like, oh, okay, I guess she's back on the market or whatever it is. And I think for them, it's more, it was a heteronormative context now. For them, it might have been more of a sport or maybe it didn't mean anything to them at all, but there wasn't this whole, you know, spiel around it. But the wives would suddenly get nervous around me when I met them with their husbands. And I mean, I'm not friends with these guys anymore. Just it became too complicated or they just stopped calling or I stopped calling. But I thought it was interesting that suddenly I had moved from something comfortable, let's say a night out with two couples, to someone who might be a potential threat to your marriage. 
that felt lonely. That felt like I was being segregated. Not the fact that I was single, but the fact that I had been or I had become a potential threat. And not only that, but I had become somebody who was to be pitied because she now didn't have this person on her side anymore. And it was even worse in some cases if they knew the circumstances around the breakup, which could have a very humiliating feel or air to them. And so to be in the situation where not only do you seem to have now contracted a fatal disease in some people's eyes, you're also inviting pity for who you have become. I thought that was pretty sucky. And um, I know that I've done that too when I was in a partnership and maybe this had happened to another woman. So I'm not taking myself out of this equation, but I just wanted to look at this and to see if we can't become more aware now that we are in relationships again or now that we're still in a relationship and we meet someone like this. And to be honest, sometimes I thought that people looked at a single woman and maybe at this point is a time where I should say single in my 40s because single in your 20s is a whole different ball game. Again, there's other episodes about that. I wrote more about it in the book. But in my 40s, I couldn't help but notice that people seem to look at my single status as if I were like a captive or a prisoner or, and worse, like a victim of circumstance. And after a while of being single, I realized, hold on, I'm not a prisoner of this status. You know what the real hostage situation is? You want to talk lack of freedom and like being a captive? then I want to say a real hostage is someone who's in a relationship that isn't working. That's a hostage situation. You got your kids, you got the real estate, whatever it is that's keeping you with this person. That's a hostage situation. Being single is not. I've never felt freer or more in touch with who I am than when I was single. So maybe I'm not single now, but you never know. At some point in our lives, we're going to either become single again or we were single and we remember it. That is not the prisoner situation. The bad relationship is. Many years ago, or a couple years ago, Tinder had this campaign. I think they did it for New Year's. How suitable. New Year's, the holidays. And I think the campaign was called Single Not Sorry. Of course, it was a hashtag, Single Not Sorry. And what they essentially did, and I liked part of it, but not all of it, they reinvented single as a haven for an experimental stage in your life. Like you can go on a lot of dates. You're, you're single, but you're not sorry that you are because you have all these dates. And even though it still had some feeling of, well, if you were single and didn't have dates, then that's really sad because you're probably home alone re-watching Harry Potter or some other romantic comedy, a la Bridget Jones, maybe. And there was a little bit of that. But I like the whole idea of reinventing how we view single. Because essentially, it's just a mantra that we have, this whole idea of single being a horrible state to be in. I don't remember the statistic. I wish now I had looked it up for the episode. But I know there's a staggering number of singles in cities worldwide. I think single might be one of the, if not the second or third, most common family or, or living models, if you will, is the single. So isn't it time to like drag single out of this dusty corner spinster, you didn't quite make it 
situation and into where we are, the 21st century, and still at what is hopefully the tail end of a pandemic, where single no longer has to be a bad thing or a diagnosis, something that you could contract if you hang out with this single person a lot. And I remember reading this book. I think I've mentioned her before. I definitely mention her in my book now, Olivia Lang. It's The Lonely City. And I'll pop the book into the show notes for you, where she mentions that this feeling of loneliness as a single could sometimes elicit in the other the impulse to move even further away from you so that even though you might have been in need of some good company, it doesn't even have to be sex or physical in any way, but just company. But in that moment, this maybe potential partner, maybe just friend, pulls back because who you have become is suddenly as scary as if you had a contagious disease. And I liked how she put that. She put it much more eloquently than how I paraphrase it here. But to really understand that it's not... I mean, I feel even weird that I have to say in 2021, single is not a bad thing. But it came to me in so many ways, and even now on my social media feeds, in my own life, that I felt, okay, even in 2021, we have to make it a point, especially when we're not single, for those of us who aren't, but then also when we are single, to understand that this is not, by its nature, a negative way to live, a bad way to live. And to understand that being single is just another life form, not an alien life form, but just one that's absolutely part of the mainstream and in numbers maybe even more than long-term monogamous relationships. And to give single the rap that it deserves, which is there's a lot of magic and a lot of authenticity in living that kind of life. So in the hopes that you're living the relationship status that you love, either being single or in a relationship, I would love to hear from you and see what were your experiences with this. Is that a very strong thing to say that single felt like a diagnosis in between? You can write to me at my email address. It's bitchbreathe at gmail.com. The I in bitch is a number one. Or we have a Facebook group called Bitch Breathe. I'm happy to read your comments there. And looking forward to reading you and speaking with you again next time. Until then, sending love.